welcome back to part two of our ocean analysis. This time, because we talked about 1960 last time, we're going to focus mainly on 2001, the remake by Steven Soderbergh. Yes, we are, because they don't match at all. So there's no way we can go back and forth. <laughs> right. And did you really want them to match? Because, I mean... No, I didn't want it. anything to match up with that original one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it. It seems like the only common thread is they're going to rob some casinos in Vegas, and his name is Danny Ocean. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. The the original movie was two hours and seven minutes, and this one was just slightly less, one fifty six, with an extended credits. Yeah, but still more gets done in the movie part. It's so <laughs> packed of stuff. You actually, you're actually kind of like interested to find out what happens next, and and you don't really know what's going to happen next. I mean, and some things I probably should have seen coming. But I like to be gullible when I watch movies. I don't want to figure things out ahead of time. Yeah, let the waves just kind of crash over your face. <laughs> yeah, so I'll I'll be I'll, I'll be surprised. I'll go ahead and be surprised. So yeah, I found it very entertaining. This isn't necessarily a movie that I would seek out. I mean, I never saw it when it was first out. Perhaps mm. because of the Roberts factor. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I explained to our listeners my uh, depth aversion so explain to them your roberts factor <laughs> i don't know i don't think you could really put a finger on your depth thing and i don't know exactly what my roberts thing is but i'm just not a fan and i'm sure she's broken up about that <laughs> she's I'm undoubtedly listening to this uh <laughs> pretty woman was such a big hit and i saw that and i was like i I don't really, I, yeah. Well, I'm not a rom-com person at all. Oh, I'm just mm -hmm. not. And um, so oh, when I saw Mystic Pizza, and that kind of has <laughs> some funny parts, but actually <laughs> I'd seen that and I'd forgotten how explicit the language was <laughs> and oh, like really? the sexual stuff. And so I recommended it to my parents and watched it with them. And then it was like, oh, crap, I don't remember this oh. Well, the worst thing I ever watched with my parents was Lady Chatterley's Lover. <laughs> that was a big mistake. My dad was sitting there making, my mom kept hiding her face and my dad was saying things like, careful now, or, well, that's pretty explicit. We might as well watch Last Tango in Paris with them. I know. And my mom would be lying on the floor with her face covered and then she'd after a while, she'd go, are they done yet? So we we start the movie by hearing ambient prison noises. You're like, ooh. And it's under the WB logo as oh. it comes onto the screen. And so why are we hearing those noises? Well, Danny Ocean is being paroled. Um, he's speaking to the camera, and you just hear the voices of the parole officers, or the board, I guess. Right. Yeah, the which is kind of cool because it's ex exposition. It's not like they have the original movie to base this part on. <laughs> right. And this is George Clooney standing in for Frank Sinatra <laughs> and doing a fine job in his own right, I might add. Yes. I noticed his body language, though, his hand. You know, so, you know, he's a very, like the character, Danny Ocean, is, is very self-confident. But he's trying to be humble in this one, like with his hands clapped in front of, you know, kind of just the body language was. He's being. Deferential. Def or... uh, yeah, that's exactly, yes. Deferential. I, I'm actually surprised that he got out because I didn't really think he gave a very convincing argument, but they let, do they do let him out. Yeah, and the next shot of, is of him in Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. He's all shaved and I like his outfit. I want that outfit. <laughs> um, and uh, he sees Bernie Mac, who's uh, working there at a casino, Ramon. right? <laughs> oh, Ramon. Yeah, who's, who's posing as a guy named Ramon. He's got a new identity because Frank Catton uh, yeah. is not going to be uh, allowed entry <laughs> into any uh, establishment like this. And then he's like, try the lounge at Caesars. It gets busy after one o'clock, basically kind of hinting when he gets off work. Yeah, because he pretends not to know him. Yeah. 
can I help you, sir? No, I'm Ramon. But uh, yeah, try the lounge at Caesars. <laughs> at one o'clock. I didn't realize yeah. it was a Caesars at Atlantic City, but I'm sure. I didn't is. either. If they hadn't put the name of the place at the bottom of the screen at the beginning of the scene, I wouldn't have known. Oh, well, I think this was water. So I'm like, it can't be Las Vegas already. <laughs> So, you know, he was flying over the water, the camera. Oh, that's true. So you're like, uh, it's either Monte Carlo. <laughs> me and my me and my geography, I, you know. <laughs> Rusty yeah. is in Hollywood. This is Brad Pitt. Yeah. And what he's been doing since, well, I guess he wasn't in jail, but since he saw Danny last, he's mm -hmm. been teaching poker to actors yes <laughs> who are the dumbest of the actors oh my god well that's um what's his head from uh Topher grace yeah right yeah and he's playing himself because yeah they're all playing so him and like ian somerhalder from true blood and holly marie combs from um charmed and uh they were all like the big stars of the day. Well, if you say so, because Topher was the only <laughs> one I really had ever seen before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I noted, I noted that I think it was a guy from Twilight in there too, maybe. They were the hot stars in 2001, which really dates this movie. I mean, the movie is already kind of retro sounding and looking and stuff, but putting those celebrities before they get to Vegas, like really dates the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and Danny and uh, Rusty have a little banter during the game because Danny just kind of shows up and takes a seat at the game. Yeah. Uh, and apparently they were involved in a job. Uh -huh. Is this the one that put Danny in jail? It was some I wonder. They stole some Incan matrimony, <laughs> matrimonial head masks yes. and couldn't seem to move them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I wonder, though, if, you know, because Danny ended up winning the game, right? Right. He bluffed. Well, he didn't really bluff, but but uh, Rusty was trying to teach them about drawing out a bluff. Yeah, so... but I wonder, like, if there was, because they kept looking at each other. So, like, there was, like, this communication with their eyes as, like, read my eyes. I'm really not bluffing. To get the, oh okay get yeah. the bet up you know to i didn't get pick the... up on that but but yeah you, you could be right so going out of the club the yeah. the uh these actors are bombarded by <laughs> autograph seekers outside the club. and i think this might have been the first time i realized that these were actual oh. hollywood actors <laughs> so this is kind of interesting because mm -hmm. we're already talking about the vegas heist which yeah. we didn't talk about for quite some time in 1960 well, he's, um, Danny's had months and probably maybe even years in jail to think about it. Right. And he's done a lot of research. So mm -hmm. he lays this out that they're going to hit the vault mm -hmm. at the Bellagio. Yeah, because the, the Bellagio vault uh, keeps the money of three casinos. Right. The Mirage, the MGM Grand, and the Bellagio. Yeah. Which is weird because... Bellagio, geographically, Bellagio and Mirage are close to each other-ish. Um, I would see if there's in between them. But then, like, MGM Grand is all the way down across the street. Oh, well. You know? If you, if you say so. <laughs> Again, geography. I've been to Vegas quite a few times, and I would not have remembered that. So thank you. <laughs> that adds another element to it, another layer. Well, at least it's not the stratosphere. <laughs> no, this one you can actually walk. <laughs> you don't have to take the Fremont bus. <laughs> and your and your jacuzzi tub isn't discolored by some sort of substance. <laughs> um, Rusty lays out that well, he says that these are all Terry Benedict's hotels that he owns. He's played by Andy Garcia, and he's quite a. A famous character in Vegas, which we'll get to, uh, yeah. but but Rusty lays out that they're going to need at least a dozen guys mm -hmm. doing a combination of cons. Yeah, and why do you even want to do this, Danny? And basically, he says, "Well, I lost four years of my life in jail." And what does he say? And you're cold ducking teen beat cover boys. <laughs> <laughs> so they're four years. So he was in jail for four years. Mm-hmm. 
And then we get to this line that was in the trailer. He's oh. explaining why he wants to do this. He says, because the house always wins. Oh, and yeah. When the, that's when the perfect hand comes along, you bet big. And then you take the house. And he says, you've been practicing this speech, haven't you? A little bit. Did I rush? I felt like I rushed. No, no, it was good. Oh, and then he says, teen, the teen beat thing's harsh. <laughs> so that was in that was in Hollywood. That was yeah. They were now we're actually, in LA. Mm-hmm. Now we're actually in Vegas, and uh, we're talking to Ruben, who's sort of standing in for Spiros. Yeah. In nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is Elliot Gould looking really. Kind of gross. Chains and the, and the big chains. Yeah, that sort of open. It's like a drape. It's like kind of a. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's some sort of a. It's a kimono. A, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and I should know that one. <laughs> and he's just richer than anything. And I, but he wants no part of this. Which this part is kind of funny because he says this is never going to work. <laughs> and he tells the stories of the three most successful tries to steal <laughs> yes. from the casinos, which starting with third place was the guy that got two steps. He, well, they all tried to just grab the, the cash box, right? Yeah. So one of them got two steps through the casino before. And it was being, black and white still, you know, yeah. in olden days. <laughs> The second one got almost to the door, and uh-huh. and that guy um, with the nightstick. Yeah, with the with the yeah that guy with the nightstick, and he just like he hits him so hard that he goes airborne. <laughs> yeah, and then he was breathing through a breathing tube for weeks or something. Right, and then the last one they actually just shot when he was out in the parking lot, right, carrying handfuls of cash. <laughs> yeah, and he just had loose. Cash. And they were playing Take My Breath Away. <laughs> this song. All right, yeah. Uh, so he's just like, no, this is not possible to do. Yeah. Uh, but then when they tell him that they're Terry Benedict's casinos, he just kind of perks right up because Terry muscled him out of the casino that he owned, yeah. Ruben's Casino, and now he's going to blow it up. He's, he's demolishing it now. Yeah, which we so, see later in the movie. Right. So Ruben is, he kind of has a score to settle. So he's kind of like, yeah, all right, I'm in. Frank slash Ramon is in. And yeah. now we see the uh, the Mormon the Mormon yeah. brothers. So this is the assembling the crew. And, and what are their... It's cool. Yeah. What are the Mormons' names? Turk and... I don't know. I'll just call them the Mormons. <laughs> I know, and one of them is Casey Affleck, and I don't remember the other one's name. Who's James Conn's son. Livingston Dell is brought in for electronics. Surveillance, yes. Basher, with his whatever accent. (laughs) Yeah, Don Cheadle doing some sort of British thing. Yeah, I'm not sure how accurate it is. I don't know. Well, he's being arrested right now because he just (laughs) blew up a... He blew into a vault somewhere. But... Rusty shows up and poses as a detective, and and they blow up that car. To get away. <laughs> to get yeah, away. right. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then the Yen. Yes, yeah. the amazing Yen. He's kind of in a Cirque du Soleil sort of thing. Yeah, but... like a Chinese um, acrobat thing. Yeah, and he's yeah he's doing flips, and everybody else is doing kind of the same things, but then he's kind of like the the yeah. featured performer and does like these ridiculous tricks so they're like okay there's our grease man which i'm not exactly sure what that means but yeah maybe because he's slippery and fits everywhere (laughs) he is tiny what do they say later on they say he's 91 pounds or something (laughs) next is saul yes he's retired played played by carl reiner he's retired in saint pete florida Mm -hmm. he's at the dog races and uh is that Danny that goes to see him? Oh, it's Rusty. Rusty, sorry. Yeah. He just kind of slips him a plane ticket. And then we get, <laughs> uh, and then that makes him 10. And so they thought they're complete. And then, you know, Danny's like, is that enough, you think? And Rusty's just like watching TV. And he's like, we need another one. Okay, we'll get another one. We'll get another one. And then that's more. how they we get Linus, who's the newbie. Yeah. And so he's getting off of a, of a, of a, train in chicago (laughs) and 
Danny kind of slips by him, but he leaves him a business card and, and yes. says to meet him. It's his nice the... poll. Meet me at the. Oh, okay, the so that's oh god. All right. So yeah. Now I he was recommended by Bobby Caldwell, who we find out is his dad. <laughs> uh huh. So this is Matt Damon. Did we say that? We did not. Okay. <laughs> so what I like about this crew is that, um, and I noted this, um, they all have specific strengths. You know, whereas in 1960, they all, you know, except for Josh, Sammy Davis, who is the only one who knows how to drive. I mean, he's not, but he's the only driver. Oh, I'm going to take a little pause here because I want to apologize for something I said in episode one, which was that I made a complete um, blooper because I said that Josh every casino that they go to we get a shot of josh driving the garbage can in there (laughs) i remember that (laughs) so dear listeners i i want you to know that i did notice that after the fact so i just you know yeah but they all have these all you know there's the pickpocket and then there's the acrobat the grease man and there's Mm. like the electronics people and then there's you know they all have roles which totally makes sense yeah, not like the cowboy that really we weren't sure what his thing was, except that he wore a fake cast and pretended to be drunk. So yeah. But there was never any payoff with that. He could Right, they didn't use that. Yeah. We are now already in Vegas. Twenty-eight minutes in. And what are they playing on the soundtrack? They're playing Elvis singing a little less conversation, which I think is a direct call out to the first movie. What do you think? A little less com- conversation, a little more action. I think that that is an actual deliberate thing. Well, and you know, Elvis is very Vegas. So that's all the only thing I, I got from that. Well, sure. So you got both. You got that and you got a, a little jab at the at the original movie about how long they took to yeah, get in you. minutes or 54 mm-hmm. minutes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so they show up. They're all, they all show up at Ruben's doorstep. And here we go. We're going to lay it out. Here's the job. So the plan is that they're going to rob the 3,000 block of Las Vegas Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And the vault under the Bellagio um, has money from, as we mentioned, all three casinos that Terry, Terry Benedict owns. Mm-hmm. So uh, what exactly is the plan? How are they going to get in there? First, they have to get into the casino cages, which are very secure. Then through a bunch of doors, each with different six-digit code, changed every 12 hours. Then to the elevator, which won't move without fingerprint ID and voice confirmation in the casino and the vault below. And the elevator has motion detectors, so if they override it, they'll be trapped. If they get through there, there's two guards with Uzis and most elaborate vault door ever. Yen asks if they can tunnel under, which Rusty somehow understands and says no because sensors are everywhere. And the reason why they know there's going to be money in there is because it's going to be game night. There's a fight in Las Vegas that, and the Nevada Gaming Commission, um, there's a stipulation that says you need to have cash on hand what you think people are going to spend. Right, to cover, yeah, to cover what people are going to spend. Yeah, Saul is just kind of like, well, even if we could do all that, and he kind of goes through the whole <laughs> scenario again, and they say, oh, plus the, the cameras, which we forgot to mention. <laughs> and then he just pops on his antacid. Yeah, he's like, so we're supposed to get out of there with $150 million on us without getting stopped? And they're like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh good, good I asked. Good thing I asked. As long as I know. Oh, boy. And they're specific about the amount, whereas in 1960, they just said millions. (laughs) (laughs) Millions and six duffel bags, or five duffel bags. Right, yeah. Yeah. So we got to start out with some reconnaissance. Yes, casing the joint. Got to know everything about the rotation of the dealers, the security, like their entire daily routines, know all about the security guards and like, all this personal stuff about them. Got to find a way out of the casino because, I mean, they're built like Ikea. You know, <laughs> you can't get out of there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they have ways to keep you in there. Yeah. <laughs> so they got to find the quickest routes out. So Basher is going to be in charge of power and he's going to do the Josh role by cutting all the power Yes. at a particular time. He's like, do you want broke, blind, or bedlam? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> 
all three. How about all three? This is a really, I like this next thing because uh, the Mormons, <laughs> uh, uh, Casey Affleck poses as a balloon boy and a balloon he, delivery boy. He, yeah, he goes to a, he goes to a, in front of an elevator door and he lets the balloons go up to where they're obscuring the camera. Yeah. Then he and his brother fake a fight. Yeah. And create this diversion. Uh, so Livingston can yeah. use this badge they just got to get into the electronics area and tap into the camera system. Yeah. He's the, he's the, uh, Tony Bergdorf of this group. <laughs> but he's so nervous, you know, and he plays nervous well. <laughs> well, he's kind of, you see him earlier, he's kind of a, a klutz, but he's a, he's a wizard with electronics, yeah. but like, you know, just in everyday life, he's kind of clumsy, but it gets very tense because he, yeah, he had drawn a little map on his hand, but he was <laughs> mopping his brow with it. And now it's, it's all like right on his forehead. <laughs> so on his hand it's all it's all smudged and so he can't read it so then he's just kind of like lost and uh then that that security guy is after him well so he got you, a little suspicious and so well yeah but then also he but he also dropped his device yeah so, extra tv yeah. so that ends up being what he chased him down for yeah he's like uh, so yeah that was kind of yeah there's a little suspense there yeah more suspense than the whole 1960 movie <laughs> and then the whole two hours of the other one. Oh, boy. yes the next scene we have here is like the um they actually built a, a identical set of the vault so they can they use the word practice and i guess the word is practice i mean i always use the word rehearse yeah this is the construction phase uh Okay, so I guess Ruben is financing this whole thing, right? Yeah. He must be because this is a lot of money that they're spending to oh, yeah. uh, build an exact replica of this vault. Oh, yeah. And we'll find out later why. Uh, so, yeah, next <laughs> yes. phase is intelligence. So Linus's task is to get all these security, you know, ever-changing security codes from the only guy who knows them, who is Terry Benedict himself yes yeah so he's got to shadow him because this guy like they say he's a machine and he's got his routine yeah. down and uh so yeah at, at a certain time in the morning he's going to get the codes from his uh his his man whatever his title is mr walsh casino manager mm, right yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know that uh ruben is and I, you know it's just putting two and two together it's because you know they ended up with like 163 million in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then it's revealed at the very end. Now I'm just jumping all over. Sorry. Excuse me, Charles, for <laughs> jarring your oh, order here. Um, but they all ended up having 13 million each. So uh, Ruben's, you know, because they were going to deduct all the expenses they had. They, they bought the two vans. Well, speaking of buying the vans, yeah, <laughs> this is, is the, the next, next scene with the Mormons kind of like jumping on one to test out the shocks i guess and then yeah. uh frank is buying these vans and literally puts the squeeze on the salesman yeah <laughs> first he starts talking about oh your hands are so soft like what do you use what kind of while well, he's just gripping this guy's hand use what kind of moisturizer do you use and then he just because uh, the salesman's like i can't get go any lower than 18.5 he's like mm. <laughs> he really just gets him so Puts the squeeze down to 16. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Saul being fitted yeah. for a silk suit. Lyman Zerga. That's his, his, yeah. his, uh, his, uh, his alias. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I think the suit was not very flattering. Double breasted, just. I wouldn't call it tapered either. <laughs> no, it's like A line. <laughs> it's an A line. Oh yeah, A-line, that's even worse because it came out at the yeah. bottom. And the Mormons are pretending to be Lyman's uh, bodyguards. Yes, yeah. Uh, Linus has been watching Terry Benedict. This is where he calls him a machine. Yeah. Uh, he says the last person he caught cheating 
he sent him to jail for 10 years and bankrupted his brother-in-law's tractor dealership. So I mean, he goes after if you cross him, yeah, he'll, he'll really come after you. Yeah. And there's a girl involved. He has mm. found out and here she comes yeah. with Vaseline on the lens and in slow-mo. Yep. Here comes your girl. <laughs> I think she's beautiful. So just like B, this is Danny's ex-wife. Yeah. Uh, a difference here because she's Terry Benedict's girlfriend. She's the curator at the museum at the Bellagio. Right. So Rusty was, uh, so after he, he realizes who the woman is, he, um, he confronts Danny and he's like, tell me this is not about her. And he, first he denies it, then he's like, well, partly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here we get a little little glimpse into the relationship between Tessa and Terry because they're up at the museum. She's looking at a Picasso. Uh He says, you like that? She says, yes. He says, well, I like that you like it. Yeah. Um, She wants to kiss him, but he pulls away because there's a camera there and he won't kiss her in front of the camera. Hmm. Yeah. He's like, in my hotels, there's always somebody watching. You would think if the relationship is a genuine and healthy one that he wouldn't mind being seen kissing his girlfriend, even if it was on camera. (laughs) Now there's been a uh, diversion created because Lyman Zerga, he's up 200 at the table. They're kind of watching him. Yeah. Well, he's a high roller. Like his his persona is a high roller. Mm -hmm. And he's somehow they've managed to spread rumors around that he's in arms he's one of the <laughs> biggest guys in uh, arms trading but so lyman is detaining terry here. he wants to have a word with him so that danny can now slip in and show up in terry's place to meet tess at yeah. the uh, at the restaurant mm-hmm. and this is where we get the 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 b dialogue <laughs> They tell me I paid my debt to society. Funny, I never got a check. (laughs) You know what your problem is? You've met too many people like you. I'm with Terry now. Does he make you laugh? He doesn't make me cry. (laughs) Da-da-da. Saul tells Terry that in the middle of detaining him. He also does have a purpose for talking to him, which is that he has a very important briefcase arriving on fight night. (laughs) Yeah, conveniently. (laughs) Terry wants to put it in the house safe, but he says, well, that's for, what was it? Your grandmother's jewelry? Grandmother's pearls. (laughs) Pearls, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he needs something more more, uh, more secure. secure than that. Well, meanwhile, there's still Tess and Danny are still kind of going at it. Um, she's saying, well, if, if a casino gets robbed, they have insurance. I lost five years of my life. Danny's like, okay, so if you want to find another guy, but not Terry. This is where Terry shows up and he and Danny kind of spar a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you would, so he, Terry knows about Danny because he clearly he's like, oh, you're out of jail. And he kind of threatens him a little bit, very, very uh, opaquely. Yeah. Basher's working on some explosive stuff. It's just sort of a little... Well, this is like a montage here. So, yeah. like, he first he's making the jewels, you know, because, you know, the uh, Lyman's briefcase is going to have the four emeralds in it. So he's actually, like... Sandy. Oh, is that what he's doing? Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I, I didn't... I wasn't really sure what he was doing, honestly. Okay, yeah, so that's what I think doing. it was the jewels, yeah. Okay. And then the casino implosion scene, the one that, that's Rubens. Yeah, and everybody turns out for that, too. And everybody turns around, except for... Danny, who's still sort of staring at Tess. And... Terry. <laughs> no, and Linus. So Danny's looking at Tess, and Linus is looking at Danny. Oh, okay, well, I missed that. Because I was too busy thinking about this other fun fact was that, um, you know, after 9-11, they actually did a CGI replacement because originally they were um, demolishing New York. 
And so they they CGI'd in that hotel called the Xanadu. Yeah. Yeah, to yeah. stand in for uh, New York. So, yeah. So in thinking about that, I missed this entire exchange that you're talking about. So, oh, yeah. I mean, there's no dialogue because it has like cool, that funky uh-huh. music. And then so something else comes out of that casino implosion thing is because when Basher was working on the gadgets in the hotel room, the implosion actually causes a power outage. So you don't know, so he runs off and does something and you don't know what it is. Then we jump to a scene with Yen. This is great. This is the final briefing kind of on what's going (laughs) to happen. Um, So they demonstrate it with their replica stuff. So Yen's going to fold himself double into one of the the rolling money trolley cart things that go to the (laughs) vault. And he's got 30 minutes to breathe in there. So then when he gets out of that somehow, out of that, as only he can do, out of the thing, he's gonna, he demonstrates starting from a squatting position and doing a backflip across the room and landing in a seated position on the top of a shelving unit. Yes, because he can't touch the floor. Because yeah, the floor sensors, he he can't get to the door. he can't touch the floor while getting to the door to set it up for uh to get blown up so right away somebody says 10 says he shorts it everybody else is like 20 just immediately (laughs) and of course it's perfect yeah he does a perfect uh, flip backwards and just sits on the top of this thing and bernie mac looks none too pleased because he (laughs) he bet 20. (laughs) (laughs) yes but then the scene gets interrupted by Basher walking in. Now you find out what he was up to. Yeah, because uh, he doesn't look too good. No, he's covered in sewer waste. Sewer. Sewage. 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 <laughs> so he finds out because that there was that power outage during the implosion, the city of Las Vegas actually was working on the wiring because you know, obviously the original plan was to create a power outage that would last for 20 seconds or whatever. Um, but the city of Las Vegas actually fixed that. So it would not happen anymore. Yeah, and he rattles off a bunch of technical jargon in his, in his accent. And I didn't understand anything that he was talking about. I mean, even without the accent, I wouldn't have understood it. But there is one way that he might be able to do this. Yeah, they have to use a pinch, which is this device that they can get from the California Institute of Applied Science. Because that's um, the only bit one big enough. <laughs> yes, yes, um, to to take out a whole city. And the, the EMP, the electromagnetic pulse, would last about 30 seconds. Because he explains that this electromagnetic pulse creates a cardiac arrest for <laughs> for broadband circuitry, so you have the effect of a nuclear bomb, but without the death and destruction. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so they gotta go steal this pinch. <laughs> and they do. Uh, this is pretty funny, actually, because, oh, yeah. because they all go in there to the Institute, but they leave Linus in the van with the, with the irritating fighting Mormons, because every <laughs> time those two are together, they're, they're just like getting into some sort of brawl and he just can't stand anymore so he follows them into the building just as they're coming out with a pinch then he's in there being pursued by guards yes (laughs) and breaks a window climbs out jumps on top of the van and then they drive away which causes the doors to swing close on Yen's hand gets it on the hand yeah so i was kind of like oh no is this is his hand damaged or kind of that so kind of we're having a little problem next with uh danny because yeah, he's been red flagged they find out he's been red flagged by uh by terry uh-huh. because you know purely personal reasons yeah so he's going to have extra surveillance this is livingston that reveals this he's going to have cameras on him extra surveillance mm-hmm. and so rusty's like well you're out danny i'm sorry yeah. linus is gonna have to trigger the vault in danny's place yes and he steps so, in like he's like the auditor the gaming commission guy 
Yeah, so he's going to be coached. Like Rest, Rusty's coaching him, mm-hmm. and he's really throwing a lot of stuff at him about don't you know don't say this and don't look here and don't look there because this looks like you're lying and <laughs> this this shows that you don't know what you're talking about. And meanwhile, Saul is kind of feeling a little feeble. He was, I think, a little trouble yeah. getting up. And I was thinking, oh God, is he the Tony Bergdorf? Is he going to die during the thing? <laughs> Well, I think that setup was entirely for the movie audience. Oh, completely. Yeah. And so now we're into uh, fight time, aren't we? It's fight night. Yeah. So who do we have? (laughs) We have some cameos. (laughs) Um, The first one I saw was Henry Silva from 1960. He's there getting a kiss from Angie Dickinson. (laughs) Me. Uh, and then we have some other Vegas stalwarts, Wayne yeah. Newton, yep. Siegfried and Roy, yep. Steve and Edie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, I thought I saw somebody that looked like Edie, but I didn't see Steve. So it wasn't until the credits when I realized that Steve <laughs> and Edie were both there. I did watch the credits this time. Oh, good for you. Yes. Uh, so this, I mean, this is the night we're here. Saul slash Zerga tells Terry that his courier is on the way. So yeah. we've got the exchange of the briefcase, the handcuffs. Walk through the casino and then there's Franks. that Saratoga guy. Saul! Oh, Saul, it's me, Bucky Buchanan from Saratoga. Bucky Buchanan really just pretty much blows Saul's cover. Danny's at a slot machine, which he's not supposed to be. Frank is dealing and yeah we have this thing with Bucky Buchanan and and Zergog uh, get gets rid of you know has the guards get rid of him mm-hmm. but Terry's just kind of like hmm yeah so he checks through Saul's case yeah or anything dangerous but he says you can't go in the vault with it because frankly I don't trust you yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's like Walsh. you can watch it in a monitor as right. it goes into the vault Right. And meanwhile, Walsh says that uh, they got a couple plain clothes on Danny <laughs> the, <laughs> by the slots. Uh, Again, I mean, wouldn't you want your plain clothes guys to be inconspicuous? <laughs> so we got this pair of huge twins. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're dealing with the pinch. The pinch is being sort of like unloaded out of the, out of the van. Yes, uh, but did you, did you notice where the camera angle was from? No, it was a, it was a subtle setup. So you see the shot where they're like dealing with the pinch, right, from far away, mm-hmm. but the view is from inside a van with a car freshener. Because you don't know, you know, until it's all revealed later. You know, they bought two vans, but you only saw the one van that the Mormon brothers were jumping on. You don't see the other one. The the Mormons are wheeling the cart in. The first, they're like room service guys. Yeah, it's got a tablecloth over it. Yeah. And everything. Linus is getting ready. Uh, the um, Livingston's talking to him through an earpiece, kind of coaching yeah. him. Yeah. Ran- uh, Sheldon Willis. <laughs> Yen is his hand is bandaged up, yeah. uh, and he's getting ready to get in the cart. And uh, Saul's taken to where he can watch his briefcase being taken in on TV. Mm-hmm. So this is where Linus has to go after Terry. Danny goes after Tess. And the plain, the, clothes are, their plain clothes are, oh, they're alerted. Uh, Yen is into the cart. I kind of like this. Um, uh, Rusty's like, you want something to read in there? Magazine. And this, this <laughs> flipped bird just... Yes. right out of there and he's in there he's got 30 minutes to breathe we're off this is pretty funny because uh linus uh, slash sheldon reports yeah. frank slash ramones uh yeah con- conviction record to terry yeah terry tests linus he's kind of like uh how long you been uh, in your job about 18 months uh so you know so and so over there yeah. Because no, not since he died. Last yeah. But this interchange with Frank in the um, in the staff room, you know, there were like uh, I took them as Easter eggs because he you say you know Frank was formerly from the Tropicana and the Desert Inn, which clearly 
were two of the casinos that the original movie robbed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gotten a job as a dealer in this one. Yes. Danny has a little, she, he confronts Tess. She's like, you're pulling a job, aren't you? <laughs> well, no matter what it is, you won't win me back. So he says, well, I just came to say goodbye. He gives her a little goodbye peck. Uh, Frank plays the race card big time. Oh, and so, I mean, just, there's this, this big fight in the- White jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, calls him a cracker and, and this and that and linus says a word that's just not appropriate and, and yeah uh, intentionally and, like yeah oh totally and frank just yeah I, they're very good actors within the it's like a play within a play yes <laughs> and, and frank just loses it of course and so there, there's like almost a physical altercation and so yeah i mean it's all creating a big diversion and uh you yep. In the middle of this, Vir Virgil and Turk, that, those are their names. The oh, okay. Mormons. Okay. So they're uh, delivering a package, which I called it, which is, is um, Yen in the, in the cart. Yeah, but now they're, uh, they're casino tandems, yeah, they're, not they're in, waiters or room service anymore. Right. They're in the, in the a different uniform. And um, so they fake a fight in front of the elevator. Cool. So this is the way they get through the elevator with all the security is that uh, they fake a fight and then Casey Affleck feigns to have forgotten his card yeah. and they're creating such a commotion that the real guy working there is like, oh God, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll take it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Anything to shut if, to make you shut up. You know? so. Yes. And that guy brings that cart all the way down to the vault. Mm-hmm. And as the uh, briefcase is going down as well. Yes. Which Saul is watching and popping lots of pills. Yeah. He's, he's looking like a little, he's starting to look, he's kind of starting to look bad. Yeah. I, it's totally, I mean, it's clearly on purpose to, <laughs> to make you think that, I mean, it kind of, it really does harken back to Tony Bergdorf. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's so many things happening here because then, after the whole restaurant scene with Danny and Tess, you know, obviously the 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 twins take Danny, not the Mormon twins, but the heavy twins, take Danny away to get roughed up by this guy. Yeah, right before that, uh, we we do have the little thing of Frank getting ordered off the premises yep. by Terry, and Linus faking to forget his pagers. So. Yeah. Um, you know, Terry's late for his appointment, so he's, he leaves him alone there in the hall. It's like, do you know how to get out? He's like, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all, it's all designed quite well. Yeah, so here is um, uh, Danny in the room with the, with the twins, and he starts putting two and two together, because he's like, oh, well, how long do you think Terry's going to take? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, there aren't any cameras in this room, are there? Uh-huh. This is a room where you can't really see what's going on. Yep. He's he's not coming, is he? <laughs> <laughs> who well, who comes instead? <laughs> Bruiser, <laughs> huge goon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, cutting back to the cart and the briefcase going yes. down the elevator. They're coming out of the elevator. Uh, Livingston's a little bit concerned because they put the briefcase on uh -huh. top of Zen, uh, on top of Yen. Yes. Saul is just sweating like a pig. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And um, you get the first um, sock from Bruiser to Danny, and he's like, ah, and he says, not until later. <laughs> yes. And then and, you find out that he's paid by that. Yeah, because Bruiser's like, oh, sorry, Danny, I forgot. <laughs> and he starts helping him up through the trap door. So that was a nice little twist. He's like, how's your wife pregnant again? Yeah. <laughs> But because, so when, uh, when uh, Linus was walking out, he got caught in the camera and Mr. Walsh in the security room actually said, we've got a bogey here. And that's when Lyman passes out onto the floor to create the diversion. He takes, he takes a fall for the team, just yes. <laughs> right to the floor. And uh, so they call for a doctor and uh, who's the doctor? <laughs> here comes. 
terrible wig. Rusty with a bad wig and some glasses. <laughs> well, when when Linus went up into the trap door, there was Danny, who he wasn't wasn't expecting. Yeah. So they're getting ready and and um, unpacking stuff, explosives and whatnot, and. Uh, it's revealed that apparently that whole argument between Rusty and Danny about, oh, you're out, man, and all that yeah. was was a fake as well. Yes. <laughs> oh, See, it's like, a twist. Why, why did you put me through all that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so um, Saul's being fake resuscitated. <laughs> you know, I wasn't quite sure. I thought maybe he was dead. And I think that's just because of my PTSD from Tony Burdorf. But also because it's been set up all through the movie up until this time. He kept popping antacid. And he's pretty frail. There, yeah, he and had he some... had that dizzy moment. When... Yeah, he had some he had some frail moments that weren't staged. So yeah, it's 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 quite a a little bit of a smoke screen yeah. for us, the audience. Um so yeah, he he tries to do CPR on him and he says, Oh, we've lost him. And I thought, well, maybe he did. <laughs> um of course the mormons are there to pick him up <laughs> put him on the gurney yeah so they were his bodyguards and now they were the emt <laughs> mm. they get around they play multiple roles in oh this. yeah this is funny because bruiser is while the twins are standing guard outside bruiser is faking a fight inside he's like throwing <laughs> himself around the room and yelling and, oh, and oh, doing muffled uh, like he's like, <laughs> like he's doing a danny's voice into his hand <laughs> uh so yeah danny and linus are setting the like uh what do you call the zip line wires i don't know what you call those they're gonna lower themselves down you can see all the lasers there um it was very mission impossible oh yeah and only better uh (laughs) i like mission impossible imo imo um so everybody's kind of calling in to report that they're set uh yeah and time for basher to turn on the pitch yeah yeah and the and like the fight's starting now the actual uh prize fight yeah bash sets off the pinch and it kind of takes a little while because the pinch isn't really quite revved up yet yeah (laughs) but it works and like power goes out it kind of goes out kind of in stages all over town yeah and these guys kind of go down to the extend their wires and have to kind of cut them and fall to the floor yeah but as soon as i cut them the lights turned back on so it was like just in the nick of time yeah absolutely yeah, they got they got there just in time the power comes back up and the crowd's just booing and, and just like now everybody's just fighting the price and looting just, in the casinos yeah it just happens immediately but I, uh, there's a breach on uh, table six yeah <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Yen's having a little bit of difficulty getting out of a cart because that briefcase is on there and it yep. nearly touches the floor because of the handcuffs kind of, you know, it kind of catches on there and it's almost touching the floor sensors. But he he makes it out and uh, they're betting on whether he's going to short the flip again, but he overshoots the flip. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. And he nearly falls off the cabinet, but he's a man. He, well, he does fall off of it, but he catches himself. Well, Danny and Linus, though, they get past the two guards with Uzis by throwing that little puck, hockey puck. Oh, on the yeah, cart, that's and some it was, kind of a... Yeah, and it, invisible gas. It makes them pass out. Yeah, so then, yeah, they, they uh, tie them up. And so there, uh, Yen's knocking on the door to mm-hmm. show them where he is. Yeah. He was a little late getting out of there because, you know, he was having some problems. So they're like, oh, my God, where is he? But they hear him knocking. So they're setting up the the explosives where he's knocking. But yeah. then he's stuck. He's stuck in the door and they're going to blow the door. Yeah. But he's stuck in there because his bandage is stuck. Yes, um, because of the van door that mm-hmm. it's really Linus's fault. All of this was Linus's fault. Yes. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Linus. Linus and Lucy so but they're trying to radio like Livingston's trying to radio them do not blow the door do not blow the door but they can't hear him I guess power is not working there but the remote's not working on the uh, (laughs) bomb anyway the detonator not the bomb (laughs) oh sorry the detonator (laughs) well it's ultimately to the bomb Uh, did you check the battery (laughs) Uh, right yeah yeah so there's that whole thing which allows 
yen to get free. Yeah. But they, so they finally blow the thing. It kind of blows like, it kind of does a Wile E. Coyote thing because uh, <laughs> they're like still monkeying with their detonator and then it just blows. And no sign of yen, but he's behind uh, <laughs> behind some shelving. He's like, he does speak English after all because he yeah. says, where the F you been? <laughs> and it wasn't F. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. It's interesting because, and this is a jump forward, in the other movies, Yen is there in, on Ocean's 12, on Ocean's 13, and he always speaks in Chinese, and everybody understands him. So the fight is just pandemonium, so they're leaving, and uh, and uh, Rusty uses a phone and calls Tess, and a phone rings, and she's like, I don't have a cell phone. But she does, because it's in her coat pocket that Danny planted. Yeah, when he gave her that little peck, he also <laughs> gave her a little phone. Rusty tells Terry that he's being robbed. Mm -hmm. um, and he feels the whole gets, thing. He's looking at on his monitors and yeah, there they are. So here's the deal. They're going to take 80 million out of the vault, booby trap the other 80 million. So his uh, Terry's choice is to either let 80 million go secretly and keep 80 yeah. or lose 160 publicly. Yes, the total <laughs> number that Mr. Walsh writes on a piece of paper that gives to Terry is 163,156,759. Does that number have some other significance at all? I am not a numerology expert. <laughs> So Terry tells uh, Walsh to make the call. So he calls yep. 911 uh, while saying that, okay, I'll agree to your terms. Yeah. Rusty says the bags will be brought up by the guards. The bags are going to be booby trapped to blow if anything doesn't look quite right. They're going to put the money in a van that's going to pull into the ballet area yeah. and it will blow. They will blow it all if anyone even goes near the driver's door. Yes. I love this, uh, what they do here, because, you know, clearly it's a voiceover, right, it, with the instructions, but it's actually happening in real time, too. It's not just like him describing it, and then they show it later. Right, and I thought at first that it was, he was like, he was illustrating what he was telling oh. was going to happen, but no, it really is happening. Yeah. It was a little, I was like, oh, oh, it really is happening. Yeah. So Terry says that he's complied with everything. Mm-hmm. And now I have a request run of you, hide. which is to run and hide, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> run and hide. <laughs> Meanwhile, the uh, SWAT team has pulled up. and But the, the cell phone that Rusty was talking on has been left on the floor while all this is being said. So, hmm. So, yeah, the security team is, is following the van. Yep. The SWAT team is going down to the vault. Yep. Uh, the cameras are still showing the guys inside the vault. Uh, the SWAT team is like, okay, we're going in. They cut the power. You hear a lot of commotion and gunfire. There's been a huge explosion in the vault. <laughs> the pursuing guys corner the van and shoot the tires. At my what, do you, <laughs> what do you see when they open the door? Well, first they go to the driver's side, and this is like a camera. Mm-hmm. Because it's being controlled by Casey Alfleck in a car with Ruben off to the side. Yep. And then they finally blow it, and it's all these stripper flyers everywhere. Yep, no money in there at all. Which are the same flyers that, where else do you see them? Well, they're in the vault as well. No money in there either. Yes. Um, so Terry figures this out because he sees the name Bellagio on the floor of the, of the actual vault. Yeah. And he sees on the cameras that there is no such name on the floor. So he figures out that they staged the whole thing using a replica that they built of the vault. And that's why they hijacked the wiring. Livingston had to hijack the wiring so they can feed fake video. And, and we hear that also because um, they call 911 again and Livingston answers, 911, <laughs> yep. what is your emergency? Yes. <laughs> so yes. that's been patched in there as well. Also, the SWAT team was our guys. Yes, including 
Saul. Yeah. <laughs> so, going down the wire. <laughs> like, Saul's okay. I thought Saul might have been. Well, no, we saw Saul alive in the earlier. hotel. Room. They were watching. They were watching them load up the stuff, and he goes, this is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, when they were packing up the money. <laughs> so the fake SWAT team is escaping with the money in a swatted up, uh, what, a Hummer, <laughs> which was the other the van, van yeah. that they bought. And the reason why you know that is because you see the air fresh, the car freshener. And I completely missed that entire thing. <laughs> So I'm glad that you're here and have seen it umpteen times. Well, I because... noticed that the first time I saw it. <laughs> oh, crap. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm just unobservant. Oh, and then it's just a bunch of, yeah, it's a bunch of flashback with the reveals, you know, Danny planting the phone in her coat and uh, mm -hmm. everything else, all the setups. Um, oh, and so the next thing is that Terry goes to the room with the twins guarding it. Yeah, well, uh, because he's like, I wonder if Danny has anything to do with this. So he goes and checks on them. Yeah, and, and he's actually getting beat up in there, which is yeah. pretty great. <laughs> yeah, he made it back. Yep, he made it back. And so the beating up is actually, of course, his face is not nearly as a much a bloody pulp as it would have been by this time. So Terry asks him, did you have a hand in this? Which he claims to not know what he's talking about. Yep. Uh, tells him he's free to go. Cut Here to Tess. Tess. Tess gets a little uh, awakening here, doesn't she? Yes. Somebody calls her phone. Her, her room phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> her yeah. Phone. And it's Livingston. <laughs> yep. And what do we see on the and, security camera? Yeah, it's the hallway, you know, as Danny's walking away and he's like, it's a matter, Benedict. Somebody rob you. And then they get stopped in the hallway. Danny offers a deal. He's like, I know uh -huh. a guy. Um, oh, he does a Duke Santos here. <laughs> he says he can get his money back in 72 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would have to, Terry would have to give up Tess. Mm -hmm. And he says, I agree. And he agrees. He chooses, he chooses the money. Yeah. And she sees the whole thing. Grabs her purse and coat. And, and she's yeah. out. Terry tells the goon to instead of letting Danny go, he tells the goon to report him to his parole officer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a little thing with Tess and Terry in the elevator. He's getting in, she's getting out, and she just doesn't even have a word to say. And she's she should have used the line that she had in, uh, in Pretty Woman when she went back to that clothing shop. <laughs> Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> I forgot the huge part. <laughs> but instead, she says, You of all people should know, Terry. In your hotel, there's always someone watching. And she walks away. So that's the end of, of that little... Uh, and then the orchestral Claire de Lune starts. <laughs> yeah, we, and we've got a lot of Claire de Lune. It goes on for a while. Yeah. This is a little pat for me. Right. I do like, okay, so Claire de Lune is playing. Mm -hmm. The SWAT truck comes back and the guys all walk out into the lovely evening. Yes. Tess is walking along as well and just kind of thinks of something and sees Danny being led away in handcuffs yeah. and runs after them. Wait, he's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> now she calls him her husband. Yeah. Um, so he says he'll be gone for three to six months. Yep. Um, I thought this was a little pat just because, I mean, he's still a thief. I, I, I don't know why, why is she forgiving him everything now? What's your take I th on that? I think because even there, there are two interchanges at the restaurants. He always says he loves her. I mean, he shows he loves her and she realizes she loves him back. I know, but I mean, he kind of really screwed her over and he just wanted I, to prove that it's sort of like well i mean okay so he proved that terry doesn't love her yes but how does that prove that he's trustworthy when he just when he just pulled off a heist yeah it does that's i think that's what i kind of have a problem with oh, okay uh but and he actually used her because he did plant that phone 
Oh yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure why she's just, everything's great now, but, but that's just, you know, I'm, I'm not the writer. So uh, <laughs> I do like the scene where the guys are there watching the Bellagio fountains dance. Yeah. The, they're basking at the Bellagio. Yeah. And then they all kind of um, leave one by one until Saul's the only one left. Yeah. And he does his like goodbye Las Vegas thing. Mm-hmm. So epilogue three to six months later <laughs> yeah it actually says three to six months later yeah rusty oh uh, one through line for rusty is that he's always eating bad food like he's kind of eating all the time and it's always nasty fast food and stuff yeah so right now now he's eating some kind of a burger or something and getting heartburn which i don't yeah. know why he didn't earlier but uh danny walks out in his tux <laughs> yeah rusty says i hope you were the groom <laughs> Danny replies with Ted Nugent called. He wants his shirt back. <laughs> Here's a sort of misogynistic thing because Rusty says, Well, I stopped and picked up your personal effects. Uh, Danny looks in there and it's Tess. He says, I'm not sure these belong to me. Well, because, you know, there was all the other stuff, his other personal effects. Well, no, but he's talking about Tess as though. I know, she's a but it's like effect. flirty, flirty. You know, it's uh, like a 2001. It's a 2001 mentality. So the the final parting scene is <laughs> as Rusty drives away in this uh, vintage uh-huh. convertible, and they're they kind of Danny and and Tess share a kiss in the back. <laughs> What's going on behind them? the twins and we're not talking about the mormons (laughs) yeah the twins the 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 goon twins are following him so that's how we end yeah so So what was your overall impression of this this version of oceans 11 charles you mean compared to the the no just did you enjoy this movie i did like i said it probably this type of movie isn't necessarily one that i would seek out i mean i didn't watch it when it first came out nor have i since until now but i mean as you know part of our uh exercise here of doing the original and the remake i i I, if that's what brought me to it that's totally fine because it is enjoyable yeah yeah and you know like i'm not a big heist movie thing but right actually this one had good twists for a heist yeah and like I said, you know, I allow myself to be led along. I, yeah. I don't try to figure movies out. So, well, clearly I didn't even know what the hell was going on a few times in this <laughs> one. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the twist because I didn't really see them coming because I don't want to see them coming, you know? Yeah. So that was, uh, that's fun to not know what's coming next. So I enjoyed that. Well, if you want to talk compared to the other one. Yeah. Well, there's no comparison. <laughs> this one actually has some suspense and you know, you're you're caught up in the whole thing. I mean, an in... intentional comedy, not accidental. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> A great soundtrack. Yeah, well, what's interesting though is that I I did watch the credits and I saw all the songs that were used and I didn't notice a lot of them because they were just sort of blended into the whole mm-hmm. soundscape. So I didn't hear every one of the songs. Well, so there were songs used and then there was just the score and the score itself was good too. I love the, yeah. the mood that it created. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this should be a short one, but now it's time for... Rapid Fire! Danny, Sinatra, or Clooney? Clooney. Clooney. Mrs. Ocean, B or Tess? Tess. B. Financier, Spiros or Ruben? Ruben. In a kimono. Yes, with the chains. The rest of the guys, 1960 or 2001? 2001. 2001. Las Vegas, 1960 or 2001? (laughs) You mean Reno or Las Vegas? 2001. 2001. EO11 or a little less conversation for dignity's sake a little less conversation but i just want to sing and that has been 
So do you have anything brilliant to say? Do you know how to play craps? I have no idea how to play craps. Okay, I said something in episode one. I said something about a crap table. Was I really supposed to say a craps table? <laughs> crap table is like a toilet. A crap table. <laughs> he's driving a he's driving a garbage can and they're playing on a crap table. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in our journey through these two versions of Las Vegas in 1960 and 2001. By the way, that was the last episode of season one of Remake. Shmemake. And from here on, who knows, we may explore more different types of pairings in uh, the Shmi podcast network. Yes. So stay tuned for what could possibly be a sequel schmequel, a trilogy schmilogy, or a saga schmaga, or just simply a movie schmovie.